Welcome back to How It's About. In this episode, we tell you about our adventures in Spain, which I have to tell you could be one of my favorite countries so far. We're going to tell you all about the tapas, siesta, flamenco, all the beaches and crazy musical experiences that we had. So sit back and relax. Enjoy. Wow. Spain is a wild place. I mean, wild. It's like on the fringe of civilization sometimes. <laughs> you're, you're kind of in no man's land. There's, there's lots of laws, but it sort of depends on where you're at. It's, it's just got this ancient world feel to it. And the Spanish language is so vibrant and just awesome to, to hear people speaking with their different accents in different areas and learn some Catalan, which is a different kind of Spanish sort of. And anyway, could say all kinds of things about the culture but the pace of life is unlike anywhere else in the world we've found just so relaxed so relaxed you mm-hmm. you know depending on what you're doing you might sleep in a little bit um meals are super important shared together wherever you're at if you're doing traditional stuff you know you might do uh, a lunch in the late afternoon uh, and then all of a sudden you're doing this thing called siesta which we guess blessed yeah. siesta oh. I could not sing its praises more. I think this is the lifestyle I was meant to have. I doubt that I'll be able to <laughs> keep on with it. In it, took a, it took a bit to get used to it because everybody stays up till two in the morning. Which is ideal in my opinion. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but there's this period in the afternoon where it really is nondescript when it starts and when it ends. But like kind of around one or two. Two to five. Two is, to five. Is generally yeah. what it um, is. And you should take a nap. You shouldn't watch TV. It you, is absolutely yeah. culturally forbidden to text or call people between two and five. You just don't do it. Yep. Like legit, this is the time where everyone goes home, takes a nap, mm-hmm. chills out. But yeah, it's it's a lovely rhythm because you you sleep during the day, which is right after your your big midday meal, and so you're tired anyway. This is the time of day that we all want to sleep anyway, and then you get to stay up late, and then you get up, you know, not terribly early, but early enough to enjoy the morning, which is nice because and you can do it, it on less sleep because you've had the sleep during the day exactly so it's a d- bit of a rhythm change yeah. and then your evening meal could happen as late as 10 p.m uh even a little yeah. later and yeah. that, that wouldn't be odd that's, at all that's, that's not normal. a late that's not a late dinner that's just when you kind of actually get your act together and dinner is finally ready 10 p.m yep, yep. yeah when we'd be out and about dinner mm-hmm. was at 10 and, and how about the food? food the food oh just, tomatoes so yeah, much tomatoes so many tomatoes in everything and, and we, we learned oil. quite a bit of uh the local cooking which we'll share a little bit more about in some mm-hmm. of our adventures mm-hmm. but um they do a thing called tapas which is just a bunch of different small plates usually uh, like a piece of bread with some crazy meats mm-hmm. or cheese or oh, the, cur- the cured meats and oh. cured ham and anything charcuterie style is just bar none amazing there you know it's all yeah. just this delicious stuff piled on top of a piece mm-hmm. of bread or uh, they have like uh, papas bravas or patatas bravas i guess mm-hmm. um where it's just potatoes covered in a sauce with cheese and you can eat those just at any time you want so it's pretty much french fries but yeah. um <laughs> yeah wonderful food vibrant culture uh, actually getting to use my spanish was awesome oh my goodness yeah, that was this, a lot of fun this was huge because aside from singapore where there were english speakers there i mean they speak english in singapore Everywhere we've gone, we've had to kind of learn from scratch a new language. But this was the first place we came where the language... I mean, we both know a bit of Spanish. Justin certainly knows a lot more than I do. But yep. I'm, a- I'm able to kind of pick my way through a conversation. And but lots so of fun. awesome. Instant connection. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think some places yeah. like Thailand, you know, we're 
oh, we could Ugh. connect through the water fight or different, you know, yeah, just eye contact and smiles. Well, here yeah. it was a full-blown conversation, you know, even though it was a different kind of Spanish and mine's not super great. We could talk for 20 minutes, you know, That's as long cool. as they spoke a little bit of English and... It was just so much more enriching to to be meeting people mm-hmm. in their language. I think even more so than some of the other places we've been where the people do speak English, there's something about speaking to people in their language. They that, instantly, uh, they don't care if you've They just love that you're, it. They, they love, love it. that you're trying <laughs> yeah. and the, the conversation is a little bit more engaging, I yeah. think. So we had the unique opportunity to get pretty up close and personal with the culture in Spain by doing another workaway experience, similar to what we did um, with the Tanga in Australia and working on the farm in Sicily. Mm-hmm. But this was at a place called Mute Cultural, which is a cultural center. Essentially, they they bought this old convent and converted it into a space that artists and professional musicians and actors use to go on retreats or to go and work on projects. And so this band of 12 musicians essentially run this place and then they just have, they rent it out and they, people will come and then they'll make food and feed them and essentially host them for however however long they need to work on their projects. And so our task was to clean, cook, and just generally take care of um the folks who were staying there. Did we the- mention cook? Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it went from a few people being there and even in contrast to maybe some other work away. We were like, there for one week. Yeah. Like in Sicily, there were just a few of us, uh, AKA us and one person, yeah. um, which is awesome. There were up to 40 people there at one point. And we were cooking for 40 people. Mm-hmm. And fortunately we've had some experience in that here and there in different seasons of life. But it was once we hit the kitchen many hours later just as fast as possible chopping cooking sauteing being asked to do things in spanish (laughs) sometimes you know a different word than i knew and we would just be like go get this from this place and this and that and the other there were a couple miscommunications yeah yeah it's like (laughs) no i wanted to cut like this and cook this way essentially the gal (laughs) running the kitchen sort of assumed we were semi-professional chefs yeah i don't think we put that across (laughs) but we were expected to be up to that standard there was sweet sweet maria she was like um, go turn up the oven or turn off the oven. But I thought, no, 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 it was something wrong. She wanted me to turn the oven temperature up. And for some reason I heard open the door of the oven. <laughs> so she opened it. <laughs> so she goes back five minutes later and she's like, merda, merda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is bad words Spanish. Bad yeah. words in Spanish. <laughs> anyway. Oh yeah, my gosh. Gal was pretty much single-handedly leading the charge oh. for all these 40 people and we were... Yeah working as quickly as possible <laughs> to cook dishes we had never cooked before. We learned paella mm-hmm. and a ton of... Um, uh, the soup, gas- gazpacho. Oh, yeah, gazpacho. Yeah, the cold soup. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, that was really good. Also, um, a lot of eggplant dishes. Mm-hmm. They really love... They love eggplant. eggplant. They put it in everything, so... They do an omelet that's mostly potatoes. Really good. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. We did potato salad, which took oh my gosh. an excessive amount of time. An intense Catalonian recipe yeah, with for a, all kinds you put tuna juice in there all kinds of little secrets crazy yeah. crazy lots of little so secrets yeah. i mean all of the mayonnaise and alioli yeah. but it's fresh we yeah. just whip it fresh from eggs and olive oil and yeah yeah real cooking no nonsense like we could have signed up for spanish cooking classes somewhere and paid hundreds of dollars for oh this my gosh i know we know? were just yeah. pinching ourselves this whole week my favorite part was oh, these people were some of the most incredibly talented musicians i've ever 
seen in in real life. Or really, like she like connects probably with the best hand drummer I've seen in my life. Yeah, yeah. because they're flamenco artists, mm-hmm. and flamenco is a very specific technical way of playing music and so they would stay up till two or three maybe even 4 a.m we we ended up going to bed we we couldn't stay up as late as they were staying up just playing music out in the courtyard and it was just magical they had twinkle lights and candles and they just would play music and they just had all these fun traditions and games that went along with a lot of the songs and we got to join in and essentially anything any object around was turned into a percussion instrument so we were you know, using like forks on glasses and, you know, all sorts of different ways of making sounds. And so we all just got to play I remember one point at like, again, two, three in the morning, we woke up to the sound of music in the courtyard (laughs) and all of the greats had decided that this was the night they were going to go all night long and just play music. And so we came down there and there were sparklers going and things things being done to a tambourine, just the finger rolls and... (laughs) I didn't know a tambourine could be played this way. Just like the entire like drum set played on a tambourine. You know, this one yep. guy's so so talented, mm-hmm. um, and they sang all these you know folk songs from their region and all. Ah, just we really felt like we were in ancient wild Spain, and yeah. these were the people that had inherited it. So yeah. really special to share the culture, share the music, and mm-hmm. uh, kind of help provide a retreat for these different. Oh, there was there was theater people and. Um, practicing all kinds of different era pieces and different things, and uh, street street performers were practicing there and taking their time, and we got to meet people from all over all over the world uh, as well. There were people from South America that had come just to spend time there. They knew yeah. of a connection and yeah. made a made a cool bond with them. Sweet. Oh, they had a swimming pool, mm-hmm. so at whatever point in the day we could hop in the swimming pool and cool off. That was really just, nice everything you'd hope and a fun engaging cultural experience and they liked us and they liked us yeah. they really did yeah. oh there was a beach nearby it was amazing yeah just mute cultural it, it was a week that kind of was just timeless yeah in our in our trip yeah it was really special we got to know one of the bands um they're called hamsa hamsa oh, yep and um our interview is with them so mm-hmm. in just a second here we're gonna let you listen to our interview with them, they are touring, or they were touring through Canada. So in the interview, you will hear details about the tour that will already have happened because we are a little bit late on this episode. Mm-hmm. But um, enjoy, Hamsa Hamsa. All right, buenos dias. We are sitting outside in the sun under a tree next to Moot Cultural, and we're having breakfast with our friends from the band Hamsa Hamsa, and um, they're just they're our interview for for um, Spain. So they're gonna go around and tell you their name and where they're from. <laughs> we'll start with them. I'm Ana Casado, and I'm the singer of the band. Yes, very good. I'm John Nanua. I'm from Basque Country. I'm, I'm play uh, bass. Very good. I'm Luke, I'm from Barcelona, I play saxophone. Alright. Offer, I'm from uh, Israel originally, now in Barcelona. I play electric wood and guitar. Awesome. And? Albert, from Barcelona, play drums and percussion. Lovely, thank you guys. And um, describe to our listeners the style of your music and how that kind of came about. Um, okay. Okay, it's a bit hard to explain. <laughs> it's the hardest part. Um, so we play kind of a mix of traditional and more uh, original stuff. The traditions are based on Sephardic music, 
Arabic music, Jewish Mediterranean music, um, and also other cultures from the Mediterranean, like Greek music and uh, North Africa, Middle Eastern. And but we do it in a very kind of modern approach, very yeah. kind of electric influence from funk and uh, jazz and uh, rock band. It makes you want to get up and dance, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a good time. Yeah, anyone else want to chime in on that? Yeah, it's, uh, our concept it's based on on the coexistence between the different uh, cultures of Mediterranean. You know, we have a, a long story of uh, love and, and war. Yeah. Right. Like uh, all the neighbors, no? Uh, the countries that are neighbors. So we have we share this beautiful sea, the Mediterranean Sea, mm. which is amazing to live and which is amazing uh, for a living, no? Uh, and uh, we have all this history, which is based on. Uh, beautiful uh, connections and also really, really ugly and yeah. and sad connections, mm -hmm. right? So our intention is um, to to be critical with the with this uh, with the sadness and, and the things that we really don't like, and uh, to to, yeah, point, yeah. to put also the point uh, on the beautiful things, no? To yeah. on the things that make us uh, mm. the same, that make us uh, brothers, no? Like this, this connection that we have. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, because there's like a Mediterranean character. Yes, yes. And uh, you can really live it and, and you can share this with uh, with your neighbors no? yeah. on, the, on the Mediterranean. If you go to Greece, you find yourself like with brothers, no? with people that they, <laughs> yeah. they have really connection with, with your soul and with your way of living. You mm -hmm. go to Turkey, you go to Israel, you go to Morocco, not to many countries that you really feel connect with them. Yeah. We, have, we share a culture. I've noticed actually when we were in Greece, you know, we're like, oh, this is what Greece is like, and, and Italy as well. And we came to Spain, and we're like, there's many things similar. Like, yeah. I was very surprised yeah. by that. Very surprised. But yeah, yeah, it's the Mediterranean. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, very good. Anything else? Well, so we are actually in a very specific place in Spain. I've learned that the, the culture is quite diverse because there's so many different regions and so many different people groups. <clears throat> but we're in Catalonia. So can you guys tell us about. Catalonia and what describes this culture and what is it all about? Food, people. Catalonia whatever. is beautiful place. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> so beautiful. I'm from Basque Country. Um, I'm como se enamorado. In love. in love. I'm in love with Catalonia. Oh. Yeah. And it's, um, Wonderful. Uh, yeah, very different places in, in north and uh, south. And I think it's a um, place that the people have to came to, oh, yeah. to live yeah, yeah. Yeah, We a, have mountain and sea twice um, yeah. in the same place. It's not so big, mm -hmm. not so small. It's the mm, perfect... Mm, Just the right size. We are now in, in a place like it's from the north of Catalonia mm -hmm. and it's so beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes, and it good is. musicians, a lot of musicians of, of all yeah. around the world. Yeah. It's beautiful. In in Barcelona are a lot of people I'm, I'm I came from Basque Country I'm, I came from the music for, for study music and meet people and really it's beautiful. It's a, a lot of styles, uh, a lot of people all around the world. It's it's nice, very nice. Awesome. Yeah, no it really is. Mm. Yeah. We, we've just loved getting to hear the music and uh, it's so fun. Um, speaking of which, I made the mistake last night of assuming that Anna knew how to dance the flamenco and she <laughs> took the opportunity to educate me and we're going to take the opportunity to educate you <laughs> about flamenco and what that actually means and what's that all about? Yeah, um, 
many people assume because I look like a very Spanish girl, no? Like yes, a yeah. very flamenco girl. And actually, I'm a flamenco person because I'm a flamenco singer. So many people assume that just being Spanish or look like really Spanish, um, <laughs> you know how to dance flamenco, no? Or you know how to play or sing flamenco. And this is a very... Um, I mean, it's a mistake, right? Because uh, flamenco is an art form that you really need to study. Flamenco comes from uh, originally uh, from folklore, but uh, it's the evolution of uh, a few different folklores of the south of Spain. So um, we have some styles, folkloric styles, that are similar to flamenco, looks like flamenco, but they're folkloric, so everybody can play it or dance it. Yes. No? But uh, if you talk about flamenco. Flamenco is a very specific style with a lot of different specific uh, uh, little styles inside and uh, technically it's, it's really hard so you really need mm -hmm. to study. Yeah, yeah, doesn't yeah. matter if, it's about, if we talk about dancing, singing or playing. Right? Yeah, yeah. We have more than 100 styles inside of flamenco that are like standards yes. and uh, are very specific so you need to know these melodies, yes. you need to know this technique and with the dancing is the same you really need to, to work a lot on the technique. I mean, to flamenco is when you see the musicians and one soloist dancer and uh, she or he is execute all these footwork things and this mm -hmm. is not, nobody is able to do this at, at least unless he was really studying yeah. many yeah. years and a lot of hours. And if someone were a part of the audience watching this incredible show and say the dancer were to start, clapping with their hands. What should the audience member do? Yeah, uh, Join in and start yeah. clapping too? No, no, please, no. Oh, Lord, don't do it, okay? Don't do it. Uh, I mean, we have a special katana uh, <laughs> always with us to cut hands, you know? We're aggressive yeah. with that. No, uh, I'm, I'm joking. We are not aggressive yeah, yeah, on that, yeah, yeah. but uh, we take it really bad because uh, uh, yeah. the clapping in flamenco is an instrument. So uh, we have in flamenco a lot of different rhythmic patterns and uh, sometimes they're really complex. So it's something that you really need to study to, to be on the, on the tempo, not to be on the beat. Mm -hmm. um, so when we play we, and we clap, we are not inviting uh, the audience to clap with us. We are just playing our instrument. Mm -hmm. Many people assume that it's like a party and we are inviting them to clap with us. <laughs> and they start to clap. It's oh, my Lord. <laughs> and uh, and uh, that's terrible. That's that terrible. Really so if you yeah. ever go to a flamenco show and you really like it and you want to be respectful, please don't try to clap with the musicians. <laughs> of course, you can applause like in a normal show, right? Yes, and you can yes. say ole, and you can say arsa, and toma que toma, <laughs> yeah, and you yeah. can say agua, and all these things that we say yeah. to each other on the flamenco culture, but please don't clap with us. Oh, thank you so much. You've, you've, you've saved a lot of, a lot of situations. Yeah. yeah, I saved situations. <laughs> and tell your friends, if you're going with your friends to go see flamenco, don't <laughs> clap, just enjoy it. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much. We're really excited for your Canadian tour. They're going to Canada, leaving when? You leave pretty soon? Thursday. 11th of July. They're going to be heading up to the north, so... Yeah, wish them luck, and if you happen to be in Canada, you should check them out. We have posted a link in the description of this episode for their, their website, their Facebook, the website, and the website, Facebook. yeah. Yeah, so definitely check them out, listen to their music, and like I said, if you happen to be in Canada, go see them. So thank you guys so much, and um, you're just so wonderful, and you're it's been fun to share this with Thanks. you. So. So we still keep listening to Hamsa Hamsa as our trip has gone on because it just reminds us of all the wonderful times at Mute Cultural. Next, we went to Barcelona, and the reason that we 
so kind of the rest of our time in Spain was sort of planned around the fact that my cousins were randomly or not going to be there. And so we got to meet up with them and share some really fun times with them um, in Barcelona as well as Pamplona, which we'll tell about in a moment. But Barcelona um, was a really cool city to go visit. It is apparently the second most touristic, touristic, touristy mm-hmm. um city in the world aside from Paris which didn't really seem to affect us sure it was busy it was really cool but I didn't think the crowds were that bad yeah we of the, course the, went the to beaches the beach. were beautiful and they yeah. were packed I mean just yeah towel to towel but you could find your own place yeah it wasn't and so the bad. waters I mean it's spectacular it's perfect Mediterranean water so yeah you didn't mind it was it was fun to kind of be in yeah. the in, in the culture of it yeah um yeah just the the town itself everywhere you look there's just beautiful buildings and cathedrals yeah. and most notably, the Sagrada Familia. Uh, yes, constructed by, started by Gaudi, um, yeah. but continued since uh, since his time. For yeah, it's uh, well, it's still continuing. They're still building it. It's um, amazing, and yeah. going inside. Gosh, if you ever go to Barcelona, you have to do it. You have to go inside it's and see it. it. It's unreal. Because yeah. the idea behind cathedrals, you know, the people who design them, is to lift your eyes up to God, and so they have these tall, you know. Uh, pillars and flying buttresses and all the architecture is meant to make you look upward but I find sometimes we've seen so many cathedrals and they kind of all look a little bit the same yeah I mean you know, some, sort of like in Asia we've seen some great temples and it's, yeah, at some point one beautiful. temple looks like another temple but but this this one, was unlike any other <laughs> the church, most yeah. bizarre amazing piece a- of outside work. and in I mean the outside yeah looks like a sandcastle just crazy out of a sci-fi movie and the inside I feel like it spoke to me more clearly than many other pieces of architecture that I've seen. Yeah, the stained glass, the it's way the the stunning. way the, the lighting just hits the different and staircases. And it's all very and, weird, and it feels very yeah, ooh, it, ethereal. It, and yeah, we went to Gaudi's yeah. garden as well, and it just all has kind of this. I don't Park know. Well. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. just a almost like an Alice in Wonderland feel, but in the but most not classy too way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, definitely Mm -hmm. lots of interesting shapes and sculptures and so many little details the different sculptures he used real humans um for his different sculptures on the outside Mm -hmm. he would use the the cast of just different people kind of interesting how it all happened but he would find uh he would just search the streets until he'd find the person that was the face of the sculpture yeah that he wanted to use and so well kind of morbid but there's um you know there's a all a variety of different biblical scenes all over um, the outside of it, and one of them is the scene where Herod has gone around and has tried to kill all of the babies, you know, the newborn males in Israel, and he had permission from the local morgue to use actual the, dead babies. The cast of stillborn yeah. babies, yeah, yeah, just to get the shape exactly right and yeah. such, but. Sorry, it's kind of morbid, but yeah. it's pretty it's fascinating. Quite the eccentric artist. Went to yeah. spared no detail in yeah. this particular sculpture. I mean, yeah. we didn't do the tour; we just kind of picked up stuff yeah. um, as we went. And yeah. Anyway, so. all that aside, the cathedral itself is just breathtaking on the inside. They play the organ, and it just mm-hmm. echoes off the walls, and it's it's the coolest building I've ever been in. Yeah, hands for, down, hands for down. sure, yeah. for sure. But it was so great meeting oh, up with our a, cousins. We found a Taco Bell outside. Do we mention oh. that? <clears throat> we don't need to mention that. It's been a long time since we've had Taco <laughs> Bell. Is, since we've really Mercus, turns out. Back to my cousins. No, uh, Taco Bell. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was important. Lauren had a crunch wrap. I had a Brutus Supreme. It was great. It okay. was so exciting to meet up with our cousins okay. in Barcelona. 
<laughs> yeah, no, seriously, seeing Cutler and Devin and Mahoy and Kumukoa and their family, it was just super, super great and, you know, gave us a little a little glimpse, a little touch of home. Yeah, some of them got the award for seeing us twice Right, because we'd seen Devin and Mahoy, etc., um, in Hawaii when we mm-hmm. first took off. So, yeah, we saw them again on the trip. That was really neat. And, yeah, Cutler took us out for sangrias and, you know, we just had a good time. Totally. Yeah. Always a good time hanging yeah. out with them. Yeah. Super fun. So that was Barcelona. And we were Crazy planning- to drive in. Ridiculous. I'll never drive there again. Just probably the worst city. The roundabouts are murder. They're yeah. Like, they're like the ones we came across in Costa Rica on our honeymoon. Just absolute oh insanity. Gosh. You just drive totally. into the fray and then close your eyes and exit it. But you're in a car now, not a motorbike. So it's a little harder. So Yeah. Yeah. We were planning on meeting up with the cousins again in Pamplona a few days after Barcelona, but um, we decided to go visit Montserrat in between. So Montserrat is a really cool old, old, old monastery that is set up on this uh, really crazy mountain covered in just bizarre rock formations. How yeah, would you describe it's like it? A, I don't know. It's a castle hill. It's It's got granite spires everywhere. Mm-hmm. Very popular for rock climbing. There's a lot of bolted routes up there. Um just very distinct uh, geographic formation, and nestled into the top there is this beautiful old monastery and little mm. village surrounding it, and it's it's just eerie and beautiful, and you just yeah. show up and you know it's a powerful place with a lot of history. Yeah. And we showed up as kind of per usual with very little planning. We we had a campsite potential an hour or two away from there, but it was already getting a little late, and we showed up and we were walking around and we just kind of had the FOMO like oh no, we did not allot enough time. This is the kind of the place The place is should... amazing. It's just yeah. filled with all these trails and different statues. Oh. They've got Stations of the Cross and really cool That lead cool up little... to the top of Pinnacles mm-hmm. and yeah. It's... Cool alcoves where you can go and sit and pray. And... Oh. Yeah, it's got this ancient it's... monastic yeah. feel mixed with epic nature. And you, you're really high up and it's really steep, so you look out in any direction and you're seeing essentially Barcelona and mm-hmm. the Mediterranean Sea and... You can see for miles. Yeah, you can yeah, see it's a really, long You distance. feel like you're up in the heavens. It's amazing. So we were walking around, and I was just like, oh my gosh, why can't we stay here? And of course, they have a hotel, but it's booked out, and it's $300, you know? At um, least. So couldn't stay there. Finally, I kind of just Googled real quick, like, camping near Mount Surat, and then it said, there's this campsite on the monastery area that the brothers have set up for pilgrims. And it's apparently, you know, very inexpensive and you can potentially just, if you can find it, you have to ask around and you can put your tent up. And we still had our tent from Greece with us and um, we're walking around and started asking people and they said, oh yeah, you walk up this pilgrimage track, you just keep walking, uh, you'll see this thing on the left. And then we showed up and they were closed already, but the guy came back and he said, if you can give me your passport info and six euros, you're in. And so... We got to put our tent up right across from at night with the moonlight. And it made me cry. Beautiful lights that lit up the monastery. It's undescribable. We were the, just the, tucked the, the into the hills. wouldn't say it was a great night's sleep because on the hour, every hour, <laughs> the monastery bells ring. Glorious bells that they were. <laughs> all night long. But you were pleasantly surprised to wake up to the bells and poke your head out and look at the beautiful night sky scene with the mm. monastery and the rocks and the bells would echo through the walls of the the rocks and yeah very very special sacred kind of place that we got to spend some time in um yep and then we woke up and pushed on to Pamplona so Pamplona is another wild and wonderful city in Spain and we 
just happened to be there for the Festival of San Fermin. Um, don't know much about it, but everything in Spain is crazy. Did I mention Absolutely that? Absolutely crazy. They have just crazy things they do. Crazy in a good way, crazy sometimes in not a great way. Just crazy. Awesome. Um, <laughs> Full on. <laughs> just vibrant culture. Yeah. And so San Fermin uh, is this big, like huge festival. It's like 12-day, 14-day. Yeah, 12-14-day day festival. Uh, and that highlights a part. You might have heard of the running of the bulls. And Ooh. just something we really didn't know a whole lot about. I had seen it on TV here and there, heard about it maybe growing up, and that's just something I thought, well, that's something that only crazy people do, and I will never yeah, do it. I remember actually maybe one or two years ago, someone randomly showing me, it might have actually been Devin, because she'd done it before, um, a video of this event, Running of the Bulls, and after watching it, or while I was watching it, I was thinking, wow, who would be stupid enough to do this? This is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Uh, and what it is, is essentially there's a particular street it's about a, a kilometer long through the town where they they let the bulls out who are running into the ring um they let them out and they essentially run down this street and it's the way that they get the bulls from one place to the next yeah and it started out as just the most convenient way to transport them through that particular area for the festival so they would tell everyone in the town clear away clear yeah. this street do not be in the street there's gonna be bulls hide yeah. Lock your doors. <laughs> the bulls are going to run through as fast as they can to get to this But arena. then people slowly, a long time ago, started following them and running in front of them. Started and getting them. into the street and, and thus, seeing how close they could get to the bulls. And, and so it started. And it's been going on for like over 100 years. Yeah, so you know, and so like, hundreds yeah. of people will flood the streets. And everyone everyone in the whole city, whether, whether they are running the bulls or not, are wearing complete white with these red scarves, either mm -hmm. tied around the waist or around the neck or both. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy. Just everyone is wearing white and red. Just picture that. Just streets yeah. flooded with So people. already, it's like, where's Waldo? He could be anywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, so one thing led to another, and we uh, ended up there with the people. With, and with our cousins, <laughs> our cousins like Mahoy. And Devin yeah. had already done it, so she wasn't doing and it. And they but... had actually come specifically for this. And yeah. so it was, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. very... For us, it was kind of like, oh, We're whoa, along. Let's, let's just, just wide-eyed, no clue what's going on. <laughs> I guess this is when in, uh, when in Rome. Yeah, run, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, with, run, with, run with the bulls. Yep. So, so we just decided yeah, Admittedly, do not know much about any of it, but we just walked in, made sure we wore something white, grabbed a red scarf from a store. And there we were with a bunch of other people wearing white and had red scarves. And then and it's in the morning, so it's yeah. kind of cool. Like those of you who are in Spokane, it's like the beginning of Bloomsday where it's a little cold out. There's all this hype and excitement. Everyone's in the streets and you're just ready and you're waiting. And uh, The moment where I thought we might have made a mistake was when all of the balconies lining the narrow little cobblestone street we were in, everybody was standing and cheering us like gladiators <laughs> and i don't get cheered by that many people that often and i was like uh oh they're cheering us this because this is something that you shouldn't we normally are, do we who are about to die salute you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so uh, just it was it was not it's not like i've been in a parade before believe it or yeah. not it wasn't like being in a parade it was a lot more cheers <laughs> so like, i was like uh oh and there's no getting out at that point and they're really they I gave you like... a chance to like the police like let the people that were too scared out a little while ago, and a whole bunch of them walked past us, and I was like, "Ooh, we maybe should should have gone with them." Yeah, there was there was like this huge crowd of maybe fifty people who like last minute just backed out. They're say, like, nope, "I'm not doing, not doing this. it." And yep, they, and they just left. But then they pushed us into this area, and then you then you start walking, 
and you're walking next to people and everybody is jumping and clapping and it's like nervous energy like before a marathon but way more yeah. and you're looking at the clock the clock's about to strike eight o'clock in the morning and they shoot a rocket into the air like a firework mm-hmm. and that's how you know that's the run has started mm-hmm. and we had some other inside information that there's a camera on a wire and when you see that camera zipping towards you the that camera's camera, right over the bowl it's following the, well bowls plural so six bulls. plus yeah, six, six plus bowls plus some um steers that are kind of keeping pace and so a large mess of massive animals that are taller than you and have a at their back a horn span or wingspan of their horns of like maybe three feet yeah or wider really yeah wide horned massive bulls um anyway so there we are um walking with these people jumping hopping getting your nervous energy out meeting a couple people but just that can't quite swallow, can't quite get enough breath in, feeling starts coming because you get this intrinsic carnal terror that comes into you when you're like, uh-oh. Man versus beast. Yeah, something's going to happen here. Um, and we start walking and then everybody kind of starts running and everybody starts running faster. And everyone starts screaming and this tidal wave of energy just hits you. And we had gone, kind of gotten a little um, uh, surprised because the clock we were looking at said 7.58 and mm-hmm. we heard the rocket go off and we're like, wait, was that the rocket or was that someone just messing around? That was around? the rocket. Two it minutes was the early. rocket. And mm-hmm. so <laughs> we're like, oh no. And the thing was, you know, everyone started screaming and running and I looked up and I saw the camera coming so fast overhead. And so we just, I just, I don't know, describe yeah. what happened next. Well, I, mean, I went into the zone. Yeah, she she went into one zone, I went into another. Let's just say that. So <laughs> I was like, survive. These bulls run like a four minute mile. You can't very fast. You can't outrun them, so they will overtake you. So that that's not you can't outrun them. That's not the game here. And you can't predict where they're gonna be in the street. The street is itself maybe twenty feet wide at its best. Sometimes maybe yeah. fifteen feet wide. Mm-hmm. No, no, not no, 20. no, yeah, yeah. The spot we were in was a little wider. Yeah, but. We just feel the energy, almost like the wind, just build the panic, just whoa. Yeah. Like and all a of a sudden, apocalypse. everybody around us is running. Yeah, you know it's coming. Mm-hmm. And you're running. And Lauren is instinctively kind of trying to push more towards the sides. But we've been told, don't go towards the sides because you can get smashed and pinned against the side. By people. So, yeah. By Rather people. than the bulls. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah the people yeah. are actually just as dangerous because there's yeah. this many you people. Get stampeded. And, and everybody's thinking about themselves. And I was like, I better keep holding Lauren's hands. We're holding yeah. hands. At one point, a guy got stuck between our two arms and I had to <laughs> shove him out. And, and I just um, like, I was like, forget you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm no. out of here. Um, and I was constantly trying to pull us closer towards the action. I got I got <sighs> pretty darn close. Um, I was like, too uh-uh, close for comfort. Not me. Um, Lauren was close as well, but uh, trying as hard as she could to drag against me back away from the the action. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But at that point, we were just with the surge of people. The bulls had just passed us. People were just kind of like an organic wave, just fading in and out and around them, and falling and jumping and diving and hitting. The, you know, it's it's just almost like water rushing in, but the water's made yeah, of people yeah. and bulls. Mm-hmm. And then the bulls pass, and then we sprint as fast as we can after them to ki- to keep up with the pace. Because if you stopped at that point, you're gonna get trampled. So you just keep up. You with could the get speed. trampled. Plus, you might not make it into the arena, which is where you want to be to finish off, because that's where you know all the music plays and you're celebrating and everyone's there cheering you on and so you want yeah. to make it into the arena if you're too late they close the doors they and close the door and you're stuck outside stuck with a bunch of people yeah outside the fun so you anyway. want to make it in so we ran mm-hmm. as fast as we could after them yep and we, we made, made it, it in and these guys are screaming get out this way get out this side go 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 you know yeah. and in spanish <laughs> you know and so you, you got it in spanish and so then we're there and we jump over the wall and we survived and we survived it was it was awesome. It was amazing. It was it was it was such a massive adrenaline rush. It was very similar to skydiving. I just felt like the mm-hmm. whole rest of the day, um, 
the higher clan and 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 us we just we just celebrated all day yeah. we're just we kept looking at each other and be like we just ran with the bulls mm-hmm. just like that happened like yeah 17 it's times one of those, i can't believe yeah. we just did this we moment. just did that oh it was so victorious so. it was it was really exciting so that was a fantastic experience that we had in spain yep. that really just got us face to face with how crazy Spain is the absolute yep. craziness of this mm-hmm. culture and just the streets filled with people just so happy and celebrating and so much music mm-hmm. and dancing and yeah it was it was a good yeah, day fe- music concerts all night yeah. and just mm-hmm. really happy fun place to be yeah uh, and yeah getting to meet people from all over and people from all over the world that have been coming for a decade and I think a highlight of the time in Pamplona for me though was really getting to do this crazy thing with family. And so we, we got super close with, with the Haya clan who are our Hawaii family and Devin and, and Cutler. And it was, it was just really cool to share this crazy experience with them that we will have for the rest of our lives. So we'll always be able to share that moment with them and, and just look at each other and be like, yeah, we did that. And so that was really, really special to do that with family. And um, I got to spend some really great time with my sweet, sweet little nephew or second cousin nephew, whatever, mm-hmm. Kumukoa. Um, just adore it's that little so little fast. kiddo. Oh my gosh, he's he's getting so big. But it was so fun to just squeeze him and hug him and just play with him on the swings and everything. So that was also a highlight of being with family in a crazy, exotic place. We loved it. In conclusion... Get yourself on over to Spain. Take in the culture, learn a little Spanish, stay up till 3 a.m., <laughs> eat tapas all the time, and go to a festival because they're happening all the time. And uh, we know it's not our last time, so until next time, Spain. <laughs>